situation. He took a pinch in the back. He got beamed for crying out loud. We used heart attack. Please. Managers on a major league baseball team don't make decisions. Credibility in this situation is worse than losing your job. Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? The castration of the major league baseball managers. We know it. Ask me about my winner. What's going on, everybody? Another edition of the Passball Show brought to you by JohnPielli.com, by St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey, by Two Ways, One Passion Food Truck located in Scranton, Pennsylvania. I um, was thinking about the the future of Major League Baseball, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about it because, you, know, you know, I'm pissed about it. All it's going to do is get me mad, but uh, I'm still not interested in looking at college baseball games. Maybe somewhere down the line I might find a little more interest. I have an interest, certainly, in minor league baseball. And the reason I bring that up for a second, because I, I really feel like there is a conspiracy within Major League Baseball, and they don't want the fans to support the sport anymore. They don't want the fans to be involved in the sport. They want to take every last bit of baseball away from the common baseball fan. So with that, I think it's a matter of time before the minor league baseball season gets postponed, canceled. Um, I want to go see minor league baseball games, but I got a feeling that when I get set to plan some trips in the early part of whether it's uh, the beginning of April, middle of April, there's not going to be minor league baseball either. So I'll drop off of that for a minute. Um, obviously, the media was led to believe that Russell Wilson was staying in uh, Seattle and Seattle, Washington, of course, and the huge news yesterday of the trade to the Denver Broncos. Now, it's probably not so much of a shock that he's out of Seattle and playing somewhere else because, you know, the rumors didn't really start out of nowhere. And I've taken a lot of shots at the media over the past several years. You know, I, I don't like to consider myself part of the media. If you consider me part of the media, that's. Yeah, that's up to you. I, I really, I really, I'm not going to fight it. I mean, I host a talk show program. I write. You know, most of you know the majority of the content that I produce is out there for other people to see, which I guess would qualify me as a, a member of the media. You know, I go down to the baseball winter meetings every year, and I intentionally don't get press credentials or a media badge because I don't want to be personified as just another member of the media. You know. Long, long story short, probably no need for me to even talk about that at all, but um, I've been hard on the media. I think the media's attention is not for the people like it's supposed to be. The media should be providing content and news for the very people that follow it, and I think they're providing that content just for themselves. So I've got this love-hate relationship with the media, mostly dislike, and I've been tough on the media for coming up with stories when there isn't really something there. And I'm learning, you know, with this Russell Wilson situation, that you can't really believe what's out there. And the stories that are put, there's got to be some smoke to the fire. I was led to believe that Russell Wilson was staying in Seattle and the stories, whether it's ESPN, NFL Network, got nothing better to do than to spend roundtable discussions speaking for, I don't know, 15 to 20 minutes in each program about where Russell Wilson is going. 
and I was bothered because I felt like there was nothing to it. Well, apparently there was something to it. The general manager says, hey, I'm not out there making calls, uh, actively trying to trade this player, but uh, you know, if the phone rings, I'm answering it. So you see that there is something there. He ends up going to the Denver Broncos, which I'll, I'll bring up. I'll bring up the fact that the AFC West is pretty freaking interesting. You, know, you got Pat Mahomes. I think Justin Herbert's only going to get better next year. And now you throw Russell Wilson into this division. Does it mean uh, your move, Las Vegas Raiders? You know, are they happy with Derek Carr? Obviously, they got the new coach, Josh McDaniels. He, he seems like he's a Derek Carr supporter. And you know what? You know what I realized? I realized that in Seattle, they were all pro Russell Wilson until they made the decision to trade Russell Wilson. And does that mean, you know, there's going to be other dominoes to fall in the league? Because obviously, you got the Aaron Rodgers decision to stay in Green Bay, which is going to bother a lot of people. Because think about how many hours of sports talk media have been wasted talking about. Aaron Rodgers and his future and whether he's returning to Green Bay or what team he's going to play for next year or is he going to retire? Well, you know what? There's really nothing more to talk about that. That being said, the Green Bay Packers and their situation is still pretty interesting. Yeah, a couple of years ago, the Packers made the decision to use their first round draft pick on a quarterback in Jordan Love. And obviously, listen, I'm not going to go through the whole story because the majority of you watching already understand and and know what happened. Brett Favre was the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers for a long time. Aaron Rodgers was drafted, sat three years uh, you know, on the bench. And all of a sudden, Brett Favre still wanted to play, but uh, you know it was time for Aaron Rodgers. They shuttled and shuffled and moved Brett Favre out, first to Minnesota and then the Jets. Aaron Rodgers' career got started three years later. He wins the Super Bowl. The drafting of Jordan Love was expected to be something similar to the Favre-Rodgers transition. And it never happened. And I think it's very easy to say that the Green Bay Packers wasted a draft pick three years ago by taking Jordan Love with their first round pick. I'm going to explain to you right now why I disagree. And I respectfully disagree because I think if you look at everything that happened on paper, and you could assume that the Packers were just going to hold on and, and continue with the relationship with Aaron Rodgers for the next several years. And I think it's easy to kind of fall into that trap. <clears throat> I think we fail to discuss one of the bigger truths in the NFL when it comes to quarterbacks and drafting quarterbacks and first round draft pick quarterbacks in the National Football League. A lot of them don't work out. And a lot of them don't have that it factor. Now, I heard my buddies, uh, Marcellus Wiley and uh, Emmanuel Acho talking about it. What exactly is the definition of it? But we know it exists. And, and by the way, they do a great job on Speak for Yourself. One of my favorite programs to listen to um, here and there. I see it in the NFL. The decisions made. Point blank. Either this player's got it or they don't. And it's more important when it comes to the quarterback position because there's no more important position when it comes to the National Football League field. Somebody either has the ability to be a long-term solution at the quarterback position or they don't. And I believe, and I think I could use conventional wisdom and go back in the history of the last 10 years, the last 20 years, that it's very easy to see whether a team has that 
or a team doesn't have that within a quarterback. Now, some people are going to say, oh, man, Jordan Love didn't get that much time to play. He played that one game against Kansas City last year. You didn't really get to see a whole lot of Jordan Love. And if you wanted to see more out of Jordan Love, you may not have felt like you got to see enough out of Jordan Love. Jordan Love was also in training camp, playing preseason games, and is in the day-to-day practices of the Green Bay Packers for the last three years. And if there's something there, if there's a belief that the Packers felt that Jordan Love was going to be a star quarterback, a Pro Bowl quarterback, the quarterback they wanted to have under center for the next 10 to 15 years, the Packers would have found some way to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers won the MVP the last couple of years. Aaron Rodgers led the Green Bay Packers to 13 wins. Yes, they didn't get to where they needed to in the playoffs. Everybody involved in that organization agrees that that was a disappointment. The Packers feel like they have the best chance going forward, whether it's year to year, whether it's the next four years or the duration of Aaron Rodgers' contract. They feel like they're better off with Aaron Rodgers as their quarterback than Jordan Love. And there's a reason. The Packers see Jordan Love in practice week after week. The Packers have seen Jordan Love, whether it's in preseason games, whether it's the little time he's played in the NFL, And they've made the same decision that probably 31 other teams have made over the course of the last 10, 20 years, and most of them multiple times. This quarterback can't play. So the thought that they wasted a draft pick on Jordan Love, no. I think they had different intentions when they drafted Jordan Love. I think they expected Jordan Love to be a lot better and a lot more ready and possess that it factor that, like I said, it's very hard to quantify exactly what it is, but they didn't see it. And because of that, moving on, going forward, the Packers realize that Jordan Love isn't the answer. Now, part of it is Aaron Rodgers winning two MVPs. Part of it is, you know, the, the definition that they have had within an organization that Aaron Rodgers is the best to lead this organization going forward. But a lot of it is also Jordan Love not proving, let me throw that word out there again, it. Now, the last thing I want to bring up today, and we're going to do a little short version of the PBS today. Thank everybody for tuning in. Brought to you by JohnPielli.com, St. Aloysius Church in Jackson, New Jersey. Two ways, one passion food truck, Scranton, Pennsylvania. There's been a redefinition of the NBA when it comes to the star player. And I followed enough NBA over the last couple years to see a little bit of a transition. And I wonder from your perspective, do you see the same thing? We went from the big three, and obviously you saw it as early as, as recent as last year with the Nets, with James Harden joining Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, and the thought that there was nothing else that was going to be able to uh, lead a team to an NBA championship if it wasn't for that super team, the multiple stars, two Three stars. That's what it takes for a team to be an NBA champion. Now, what you're seeing this year is a lot of individual games won by singular players. And you can talk about just the, the games over the past past week or so. LeBron James dropping 56 against the Warriors. There was nobody else on that Los Angeles Lakers team that had any major role in that victory other than LeBron James. 
the Bucks. Uh, yes, going up against a short-handed Phoenix Suns team on Sunday, led by not Giannis, who was out with foul trouble, Chris Middleton dropping 40-plus points, basically putting the team on his back. Yes, a little help from Drew Holiday. If you look last night, you had the Cleveland Cavaliers down another man with Jared Allen out. Darius Garland goes out there and drops 41, leading the Cavs to a victory over the Indiana, the Indiana Pacers. Now, I look at the Pacers, and listen, the Pacers aren't a playoff team. Like I said, the Suns without Devin Booker, without Chris Paul, without even Cam Johnson, you know, probably look a little bit different if you know, you're know you looking at the hypothetical Milwaukee Bucks-Phoenix Suns rematch in the NBA Finals. But I think I'm, I'm getting into something here. For individual games, is it coming back down to the player? Not, not options. Not that thought of that hypothetical Brooklyn Nets team with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and James Harden coming up with the last shot, who's going to take it? Yes, that's great. But it looks like you're, you're going back to seeing basketball being more about that individual player. Yes, Michael Jordan had some help with the likes of Scottie Pippen and some of the other role players, but it was all about Michael Jordan. You knew who was taking that last shot. Kobe Bryant, even the, even the years where he, he played together with Shaq, if there was a big shot, you knew Kobe was going to take it. LeBron James, you know, the, the, the knock on him has been he hasn't gotten much support for those that are LeBron James fans. And, you know, the fact that he is always moving around and having a different core of players play with him for those that don't like him, when the game's on the line, the ball's going in the hands of LeBron James. Now, yes, the Lakers would be better if Anthony Davis was healthy. The Lakers would be better if Russell Russ Westbrook was a little more competent at this stage of his career. But when it comes down to it, it is coming back to the singular player in the National Basketball Association. And ESPN, who I've kind of laughed at when they, they mark the player versus the player when it comes to promoting future games, Hey, it's a uh, you know star on one team versus star on the other. Lakers, Warriors. It's LeBron versus Steph Curry. And I understand, you know, the demographic that they're looking at. There, they're looking after the younger basketball fan that really is a fan of the player, as opposed to the team. You know, Steph Curry jerseys selling crazy. You know, those uh, fans. They could be Nick fans. They could be Boston Celtic fans. They could be Detroit Piston fans. But the younger fan is about the star player. And the star player is kind of coming back to control the NBA on the court in addition to the marketing aspect. I find that pretty interesting. We're going to be back with you again on, uh, what's it, Saturday. Another edition of the Passball Show. I'm a little excited as we're getting close to March Madness. You got Selection Sunday coming on the 13th. We'll have a tournament bracket. Anybody that's listening that's interested and wants to, to, to drop a, a tournament bracket to me, Venmo me $20. I'll get you in on the tournament that I'm running. Uh, see what's, what else is going on in the world of sports by then. Um, I'm not excited about any aspect of baseball coming back. Like I said, I think, um, if anything, baseball fans are going to lose more before they gain anything. I think, and, and I don't see a reason why. I know they're not connected one way or the other. But I wouldn't be surprised, and I'm putting this on record to make sure that I could take credit when this happens, minor league baseball season might be postponed. It might be canceled. 
Major League Baseball might say, hey, fans, if you're not going to see Major League Baseball, we're not giving you Minor League Baseball either because we don't like you. Be back with you Saturday. God bless you. And as always, I'll see you on the other side. Smells of rich mahogany. Why don't you give it all or a majority of it to the team that wins the freaking World Series? I was going to listen to that, but then I just carried on living my life. I may come out as the biggest Major League Baseball manager apologist. That'll only make someone work just hard enough not to get fired. Because hitters are going out there saying, I'm either going to hit a home run or I'm going to strike out. And if I don't get a pitch that I feel like I could drive out of the park. I'm not even supposed to be here today. Especially prospect whores and hoarders are going to be a little pissed off at me when I say this. I'm a dude there are only two managers in baseball's Hall of Fame who have losing records. One of them is the iconic Connie Mack, who you could say, in spite of winning five World Series championships as a manager, could be in as much as a pioneer. And what side of the spectrum they're on? Were they pitching? Were they batting? If your favorite team was pitching and a ball got inside and hit a batter, there's no way it could have been on purpose. But if you were a fan of the team that was batting and a ball got inside and hit somebody or went behind somebody's head, absolutely 100%, unequivocally, that pitcher was throwing at put their tail between their legs and decided they're going to do exactly what they're told. You're damn well right. Better give him a contract extension. You're damn well right. Better make him the manager over the next series of years. 35 years ago, I could have loaned your parents the money for an abortion.